welcome to Entropy Rising, a fourth edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We are not a spin-off of LTM Gaming. When we last left our adventurers, they had just found themselves on the edge of the wild after traveling from way tower to way tower. And once their position was ascertained, the decision was left to Gwen whether they should travel through the wild on the shortest path to reach the feet of the ram, or whether they should travel cross country once they get out of the wild, or if they should travel north until they got to the new road and then take the new road to the peak. This is where we join the story. Go team. We look expectantly to our new leader. So we still have a path in front of us, basically, that kind of winds through the wild? It actually doesn't wind, because as you suspected, this is the old road. The old roads were in place before the wild began, and they were actually straight and true. It's just it's kind of overgrown? It, the, the road itself is not, but the wild has grown up around it. So, so just stay the on the path. Yep, I yep. say we take the path. Okay, if that's the case, then you guys have made your decision about what you want to do. The die so, is cast. Yes, exactly. So with that being said... <laughs> the die is cast. There we go. Oh, stop it. <laughs> oh. You're up to fan. Did I just go? I feel like I just went and failed. Mm-hmm. You did. Luckily your friends did yeah, Don't, don't ever do it again. <laughs> this is totally a dungeon, right? It feels like one. Well, it's not a dragon, so it has to be a dungeon. <laughs> what can't I use, TJ? You could not use healing. Or, no, history, sorry. History is what I used last time. And nobody else has used anything, so I can use anything but that one? Correct. Okay. I am going to be on super high alert at this point, because I, know, I feel like Kafan might know a little bit about what the wild can do, based on his memories, uh, or what, what the wild actually means, compared to you know, people of this time who might not actually have experience with it or something. Uh, and he's going to be trying to be looking everywhere at once and listening to every little rustle and uh, ensuring that the group is not ambushed in any way. So he's going to try and be perceiving the wild around him and the group. Sound good? Okay. 22. That is a success. Aerith, it's your turn. I used nature last time. Paul just used perception. So those are the only two that are unavailable to you. No nature, no perception. I know, I'm... Uh. Stalling for a better skill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wondering how I can do anything else. This is Steve min-maxing the conversation again. Mm-hmm. Yes, you shut up! <laughs> you shut up! I am going to use endurance again, and I apologize for being lame. But once it goes away from endurance, nature, and religion... There's one that's close, but then it's a precipitous oh, drop-off. And that's a f- I know what you mean, because I've got like all these social interactions that aren't happening out here. <laughs> so what, what? Don't you guys... Don't we? Do we all have four trained skills? Yeah. What's your fourth trained? Uh, yes. Steve. Arcana, oh. endurance, nature, and religion. Okay. You have arcana. We discussed this because arcana has something to do with the... There's all kinds of magical shit in the wild. Thing. I don't know. Never mind. Do what you want to do. But I also don't have an intelligence modifier. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm I'm still going to use endurance because I did not use it last time. I would like to 
I mean, I guess I've been what I've been doing has been very good. But what I, I think what I'm going to try to do is use it in conjunction with nature, not rolling for nature, but knowing that we're going to have to rely more on food and whatnot that we don't know the status of. Uh, I'm going to find uh, water and or food and test it first to see if I can stave off possible ill effects and, and know whether it's good for everyone else to consume. So, you know, I'm like a that person who eats the king's food to make sure it's not poisoned. So I'm intentionally eating, you know, finding some food and finding some water and trying it to make sure that it's good enough for everybody else. 25. That is a success. Woohoo! And Gwen. That's here. I used religion last time. To yeah. Determine where we were. Yeah. Correct. Um. You just gotta assume that these trees are all ants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can deploy and you can diplomacy them, and they'll just carry us through the woods, talking really slowly. Sure. <laughs> well, I was going to. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll stick with the boring. The boring is probably alive. Exactly. Uh, I'll I'll go for uh, heal again, and you know we'll be treating little minor injuries and everything, trying to make sure it's not something that's gonna infect us from like little cuts or scrapes or anything walking by whatever's in the wild. Okay. And that's going to be a 12. I will tell you that you have an action point again if you oh, like I to have... use it. Then I will burn it. And that's going to be a 16. Hey, it's better. It is better. It is, in fact, a failure still, though. Oh, fuck. Ah. Well, hopefully these, these are, you know, this is a skill challenge where we have the possibility of winning, and it's not horribly skewed like every single one we ever had of Paul's. So, <laughs> Come, my friends. So, it is like we go to our dude. So you guys did 18, and out of 18, you failed two. Huzzah! I know. So 16 and two. That's survivable, oh. right? I'll take it. We all That's failed. I think. Well. Not in Paul's world. That'd be like at least yeah. one person gets maimed. Or... <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, you have to have 20 straight successes and no failures, otherwise you fail entirely. Oh, thanks, Paul. Maiming builds That's character. <laughs> Having a hook hand will make you appreciate your non hook hand. <laughs> All combat is in minus four because it's your off hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As in your hand fell off. <laughs> you must understand the world through suffering. So as you guys move throughout the woods, you hear things that sound incredibly close to you. You see the signs of things, both small and large, that have recently passed by. But thanks to Kafan's perceptive eyes and open ears, you manage to slow down and backtrack when you're worried that things are getting close, or move ahead quickly when it calls for it. Aerith does manage to find small patches once or twice. He takes water from a small pool that ends up not being terribly safe. He can tell almost immediately that it was not the best plan. But he's none the worse for the wear, and he prevents his comrades from drinking from it, and that's probably for the best. And last is Gwen. You did get dysentery. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then an, and then some Indians gave me some berries. <laughs> Gwen, well, I'll just be frank. Gwen, you didn't make it. It was a noble try. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true. 
Um, <laughs> we buried you along the side of the road with a little wooden cross. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Yes, you are. We'll say that in the midst of your actions, a particularly loud crash through the woods breaks your concentration, stops all thoughts other than we need to get out of the woods immediately and uh, sets you and the rest of your comrades and the horses fleeing. And so you find yourselves fleeing and we will stop with you guys having just escaped the wild and you are entering or in the distance you can see the ruins of Iran surrounding the keep. Well, we won't stop with that, but... We will stop the skill challenge. Right, that. okay. Mmm. Good cover. I thought it was Huzzah. A, I thought Huzzah. It was a pretty good recovery. Huzzah. We survived. You guys did. Welcome to Enderby Rising, the 4th edition D&D podcast. No, you don't we have to do this, We are not sponsored by Summer's Eve, which is a women's feminine hygiene product. Oh, stop it! That's terrible. That's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, except I'm not going to use it because we're already 12 minutes into the episode. Although we're 12 minutes, uh, consider this a live read. We're breaking from the action. We are not sponsored by Summer's Eve. Okay. Steve, you had a question that you wanted to ask. I did. The trinkets that were found were not... That is the first thing that we're going to discuss before we go any further. You guys didn't have an opportunity to... Good. So you found those at the Waypoint Tower that you arrived at when you were in the wild, and... Being in the wild, you had to constantly be on your guard. You did not have an opportunity to really investigate them. But since you broke free of the wild, you now do have an opportunity. There are three particular things that you have. The first one is a... Uh, give me a second. I just want to log back in real fast so I can read the descriptions to you. While you wait, try out some of our sponsored feminine hygiene products. While you're waiting, consider <laughs> douching. Ooh, that's refreshing. <laughs> So fresh and so clean, clean. <laughs> we're not we're uh, not sponsored by them, but if we were, we tell you all about how great it feels. Okay. I'm not just the sponsor. Or wait. I'm not just a, I'm not I'm, just the owner. I'm, I'm also a client. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. I can ride a bicycle to you again. <laughs> all right. The first item is a small pine box which has arcane symbols branded into the side. This is Aldrin's firebox. The box... Oh no, I have to be writing something. Well, here, I'll... Oh, Matt, Matt's doing it. I'll okay. actually write it down. Good. <laughs> I voted for Matt, therefore he has to. Thanks, Steve. He's the leader. The leader. <laughs> <laughs> which means I can delegate that you are the one who is the secretary. <laughs> I'm learning about management. So Aldrin's firebox is a box that unfolds over the course of one standard action and it reveals a magic campfire. The fire is warm, comfortable, and it cannot be doused by an action beyond refolding the box. Oh, now we can't make camp anymore. You can make camp very easily. <laughs> you just open the box. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it, it was made by Greenpeace. But making camp was a joke. Anyway. anyway. I get it. Continue. Okay. What's in the box? Fire, <laughs> I told you. What's in the box? Fire. Who, who's carrying the box? The, the air, one of the one of the horses. 
the next item <laughs> is... I'll, I'll take How about it. Aerith? So then when we say, Aerith, make camp, you okay. lay down and unfold the box. <laughs> Put the box on top of my chest. What was it? Elmer's fire? <laughs> Aldrin's. A-L-D-R-O-N. Okay. 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 The next item that you found is a gem on a chain. You can... It's a very small gem, and the chain is very light. And basically, you can... Put the chain. What color is it? It is a uh, green. It's not an emerald, but it is a green gem. And on a what color is the chain? The, the, I was <laughs> going to say it's a silver chain. It's very light. It actually is small, almost like a child's necklace. But if you want, you can wear it like on your head, sort of like a I don't know, like a light wreath. And the chain can rest, or the gem can rest on your forehead. And when it does, it is a Delver's light. With a free action, you can shed dim light, you can shed bright light, or you can shut it off. And it sheds the light for a radius of 20 squares. So it's like a flashlight on a headband. Yes. But prettier. If anybody else is not going to make the fact that he's made, given us an item for miners, <laughs> would somebody please step up? <laughs> Why don't we give this to uh, Gwen? She's, I figure she's going to be in the lead. Oh, I thought you were going to make a comment about me wearing jewelry or something. <laughs> Wait, kill the one with the light! <laughs> <laughs> right, we just sort of step back in the shadows. <laughs> yeah. They can't detect us because we're not alive or dead. Right. I'm not really here. Okay, yeah, I, I will wear it. The last item that you found is the head of a grappling hook. So it doesn't have the rope attached to it. It's just the hook end. But it is a silent grappling hook. So that whenever you use it, it gives a plus five item power bonus to stealth checks. So it basically makes it easier to use it use it to climb walls undetected. So all three of these are level two wondrous items. So who wants the uh, grappling hook? I can't use stealth, so it should not be me. I'm trained in stealth. I think that you should have it. I don't know when I'm ever going to be climbing anything. I can't, like... I'm trained in stealth. Definitely not athletics. Well, well, but you're not wearing armor with a check penalty, so... That's true. Wait, what is... Probably better than the rest of us. What did it say for when it gives you the plus five? So can I just hold it in front of me and stealthily walk around? Well, (laughs) plus five stealth check, plus five power bonus to stealth when you're using the tool. So if you're... See? When I'm, when I'm grappling, I could grapple with, like, anything. No, no, no. no just when you're you could just, like, pick your teeth like, with it. Like, toss it over, like, a box that you're trying to sneak behind, and it's going to make you more quiet, <laughs> because because they're going to hear this grappling hook clanging in the distance, <laughs> and then they're not going to notice you sneaking by. <laughs> right. So the, the stealth is just you huck it in the opposite direction. <laughs> <Which is> just, <laughs> <laughs> distracting grappling hook. Right. There we Look go. Look over here. Look like over it. here. There's nothing to see over there. <laughs> Can I just use it if I'm, like, grappling with a tough skill challenge? Wait, 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 wait. How many mats am I dealing with? Okay. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. <laughs> we like trinkets. Yep. So, yeah. So those those were the remainders of your trinkets. I have actually they were ancient knickknacks. Well, yeah. But trinkets knickknacks. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really, really glad it wasn't like several thimbles or spoons, because that's what I think of when I think of knickknacks. <laughs> like great grandmas and their right. spoon right. collection or thimble collection or salt and shakers. And wax. You found five Dildos. spoons. They have mystical names oh, on them, like God. Arkansas and Louisiana. Such foreign Dildos land. with Arkansas on it. <laughs> That is not what I said at all. <laughs> TJ collects them. They call it the Razorback. <laughs> oh! <laughs> uh, I am not affiliated with these people. <laughs> Mostly Paul. Entirely Paul? Stop it, man. I know you're, you're trying to think of something. We all know it. Just stop. I've thought of something. I can't say it. <laughs> think of the children. Would somebody please think of the children? All right. Are you guys ready to start? Uh, should sure. we start already? Well, yes, but I just wanted to make sure that nobody had any other questions on the stuff or any other jokes to get out of the way. Hey, you know what you could do? Could you attach the end of that grappling hook to one of your chains from your... Right. I only have one chain, chain, and one one end is attached to the axe, and one end is attached to Kifan's wrist. So, oh well, we need <laughs> to get you another one, right? And then when you yeah swirl the chains around, you'll be quiet. Mm-hmm. You just hang it off like a charm. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, you're using it. Mm-hmm. That's how we min max. Mm-hmm. Orly. <laughs> well. <laughs> We're taking an interpretation. It said when you use the tool. It didn't say you had to use it for climbing. So, we have just come out of the wild, and we can see the Kiba Oran in the very near distance. And we still are on the old road that used to be a major path of travel before the wild expanded that leads into the old city. You can see that even from a good distance away that the outer buildings of the city have fallen into ruin. But you know that the city itself isn't all ruins. It's just that they had to let much of the outer area fall into ruin in order to protect an inner area to protect the citizens. I'm guessing that the plan was to go into Iran because the plan was to try and get ship a ship? I can't think so. Yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily... I think that would be faster to take a ship from here to the Dusty Mountains than it would be to try and go on the road again. Like, I'm asking, is that is that a reasonable... But I just can't wait to get back on the road again. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you <sighs> if you were to stay on the road, you would have to go a significant way south. I think the idea of coming this way was to reach the city so we... Like you're saying, we could get a a ship to travel. Can I ask okay. a question, though? Do we know where in the Dusty Mountains Boothel's actually from? I, I will imagine that at some point during your long travels, you would have asked him, what part of the mountains do we have to go to? Since it is a fairly substantial distance. Let's see. The mountains are about... 250 miles. Yeah, so it's, it's a long range. So... He would have told you that that his clan does not reside on the ocean, but they are in the northern half 
um, the uh, range. So, you know, if you traveled along the new road until you got to the old road, you know, you would take the old road to the mountains, but then you'd still have to travel cross-country back north. Okay. So then it does definitely makes sense to try and take a ship and get let off somewhere. Yeah. And do the shorter distance from the northern part of the mountains into his homeland. Yes. That would tactically make the most sense. So, um... Strategically. Yes, that too. <laughs> so, I'm going to move us to the next map. Oh. What? Once again, welcome to the land of blue light. Yeah. What? Oh, neat. Impressive. Ooh. Let me just... Before we go too far into it, I'll give you a brief overview of what you're looking at. When you first enter the city, you're going to walk through an area that has ruined buildings. Some are covered in vines. Some, you know, have trees that have stuck out of them or maybe have collapsed under a fallen tree. Some maybe that are more or less still standing in their original state, but like obviously look like they haven't been cleaned in a real long time. Are the buildings stone primarily or... They are stone. Um, okay. Because it is one of the... Pretty, everything is pretty much stone? Yeah. Most of the uh, main cities that are on the map are old cities, which have, were part of the LL Empire. And all of that construction, at least in the cities, was done in stone. So that way the cities would be safe against fire. One of the modernizations that the um, emperor maybe forced on the citizens at the time, so but that's more or less the case. There might be a storefront that was redone in, with wood paneling or something, but for the most part, like the main construction, the bones of all the buildings are going to be in stone. Okay. What kind of stone is it? It is a granite. Yeah, I was going to ask, do we have somebody that's keeping like the lore of the world for us as we go? You mean the recordings? <laughs> that's yeah. what I was going to say. <laughs> It's, but a, I mean, it's an oral history. Is anybody going to want to go... Is anybody going to want... Oh, good. That's great oral history. Never mind, then. Fine. I'll be jerks. I don't care. Screw <laughs> no, you. I mean, Open I, I mean, I was being serious. I mean, were you talking about, like, in character or out of character? Well, just a compiled place that says, you know, in this part of the world, this is most common. Or we know that the waypoints now exist because of what we just went through. Well, TJ, I think I think TJ could put some of the stuff on that opening page on the Roll20 thing for it. I think it'd be interesting to have, you know, revenants don't wear shoes, elves and dwarves can interbreed, Davis don't those have sorts generals. of things. That, because obviously TJ's making this up, but I feel like internal consistency could be good. I'm yeah. pretty sure you just volunteered. I, it's, That's nope. what it sounded like to me. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> Nope, I'm giving you all the fingers. I can't see because I don't have any remember, video. Remember, I'm the leader. I delegate that Steve does this. <laughs> I, Not I will tell you that I have a, an Excel file where I'm keeping track, a timeline of our adventures, which might have some of that stuff in it day by day, but it's not specifically thing about the world. And I have a list of the NPCs we meet and the loot we get and quests we're supposed to be doing and kills. Why are you keeping track of kills? For funsies. 
Because he can't actually keep physical ears on a chain, so he's because, dead instead. What, yeah, what he hasn't told us is that every link in that chain is somebody he's killed. <laughs> so... We wake up one morning. Where'd Butho go? Oh, don't worry about it. Did your chain get longer? Don't worry about he's it. He's fine. <laughs> he, he bought me this as a going away present. Bought you a longer chain? No, just the one link. <laughs> so anyway, you guys are walking in on the old road. And it sort of becomes apparent at a certain point that it has merged with the new road because although, you know, the old road for what it is, is still in very good repair, it doesn't really compare to like the road that's being actually trod upon by caravans and, you know, merchants and stuff. So as you get nearer and nearer the ocean, um, you can feel the breeze start to change you start to notice that where maybe there were ruins or even just rubble, you'll start Are you saying to ruins or... Where there used to be ruins or rubble, you'll now see, like, gaping holes in the ground, like, where you can look into basements, and the rock is completely missing. And so that's all those black squares on the outside. Obviously, there were streets and thoroughfares and homes there, all those buildings have been raided for their stone to create this new wall on the inner sanctum of the city, which is now the new keep, which is the only reasonably livable structure in the area or region of the city. So just giving you a real quick detail of why is stone so scarce? It might not be scarce, but it might be that the people who lived, who stayed in the city, even while the wild grew and spread, and its inhabitants maybe made forages out for flesh or any number of things, souls, that they thought that rather than going somewhere to mine stone, why bother mining when you could just take it from the nearby buildings? It would be much easier to just that, pick up the already cut pieces of stone and use that. But isn't... So, kind of like Detroit? But, <laughs> ooh. You were going to say, Steve? That's probably not important. Well, no. Did, did you have a more I'm just, question? Is, so this city, though, can't grow very much. I mean, by definition, that, you have the walls, and if no one's living is, outside of it, then... That that is correct. If if for the most part, and since you haven't really seen any signs of life and habitation as you walk through a city, like there are no homes that are being kept, you would imagine that what is behind the walls is all that there is. And perhaps if they wanted to expand, they would have to expand the wall, you know, make changes to the wall first before they could add new homes. Or they have to feel that they were secure enough to just start building near the wall, but outside of it. Satisfactory? Yes. Okay. So I won't go into too much detail about what you're seeing inside the walls until you actually get inside the walls. But what you see is that if you manage to get a view of the entire wall, um, you would see that it goes from shoreline to shoreline. Each of those circles is a watchtower. And the wall is wide enough that it could be walked upon, so you could keep a watch and have sentries marching between towers. If you were approaching from 
the east side, which you're not, but I'll just explain it to you now, you would see that there's actually a breaker wall out so that it has a functioning port. And there are two circles on that wall, and those are lighthouses. One is sort of in the center of it, probably to warn ships that the wall is there, and the other is near the end to probably direct them towards the opening of the port. Are the symbols consistent here? Like, are those other gray circles also lighthousey things? So the the two grays. Oh. Uh, I do have one. Like other on the land. I? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have, I have one other. So there's a lighthouse also on shore. But and there's that, one by five. Yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Oh, and there's also one at the other corner. So there's yeah. two at the opening of the port. Okay. I forgot that I went over there. So yeah, those light gray, all the light gray ones are all watched, are all lighthouses. All the dark gray larger ones are all towers along the wall. So yeah, I tried to be consistent when I could. So... With that being said, if you go to about 50 or 60%, and if you go to the bottom of the western road, I have put us on the map. Squares on the map are about 25 feet apiece. We can move as a group until you guys decide that you want to split up if you do decide to split up. So I'll just say you've got this area. The black holes are openings you know, into basements where buildings have been completely demolished and you know there might be furniture or wood studs but certainly any stone is absent those sort of streaky gray lines are old roads that probably you know once crisscrossed the city and led to the shore but now are they are not like the great old roads that even though they're have been left untended still manage to be travelable uh, these are pretty worn away and as the road meets the wall there is a not a portcullis but just a traditional gate and the gate stands open but there are guards in front of it the guards how far away are you now wait before we get that far sure what do we know of the people and customs and traditions of <laughs> I'm not doing it to be a jerk. I honestly, I know, I, I know. I, I, TJ, I, please give us the annotated history of this entire city. <laughs> no, I mean many, like many years ago. No, you would you would have some because it is a smaller area. Uh, it's very possible that Aerith might not know much about it, if anything. He, like he might not have met anyone in his service to the Raven Queen who was from this area. It's even possible that. It's actually also very possible then that Kafan has never met anyone from this area for the exact same reasons. However, I think it's very likely that uh, Gwen, whose parents were merchants and probably traveled a lot, passed through here at some point. And so perhaps when you guys were originally planning and talking about where to get a ship, she suggested that this was a good place to catch one and would have said, you know, it's a, a small community. They do... Do some. It's a small community. <laughs> and they do do some farming, but they mostly subsist in trade with the people that cross from the western to eastern shores and vice versa. Um, because it is really the only port between Sasa and 
uh, oh, Ashcan. It's a popular stopping off point for ships that are making that long trip as well. Its inhabitants are about 20% human and 50% half orc. Did you lose me? No, I was just surprised. Oh. Can you repeat it? I didn't hear all of it. Okay. 20% human, 50% half orc, and then a smattering of elves and dwarves and the other civilized races. But it is mostly a half orc inhabitation. Now, what is. What is the deal with orcs and everybody else? I mean, is this typical D&D world where they are traditionally seen as the bad guys? And if so, how did an entire half-orc like dominated society come to pass? Well, the best guess, because I'm guessing there probably aren't historians to have, you know, monitored exactly what happened, but there are, there are two areas that are really particularly dangerous due to their proximity to the wild. Oran is one, and the other is Bayara, which is sort of the city that's tucked in to the wild, like all the way on the western side. Yeah, we passed some, or we talked to some people from there. Yes, you did. Bayara is still a full city. It never really fell. They just sort of all banded together. And as the wild expanded, they forced it back. They suffered many losses because of that, but they never really lost the city. This city, maybe at one time, was very metropolitan and maybe wasn't very militant. And so perhaps when the city fell, many more of the wealthier inhabitants chose to flee to greener pastures and only a a very small group of the larger city chose to stay behind, might make sense that the outcasts of that city would have wanted to have stayed behind and maybe claim like some of the nicer homes that they never would have been allowed to approach, much less less live in. And over time, eventually, what maybe was a city's minority reinforced itself and became the majority in the area. It's also possible that if there's one guy who who's part of a group that's looked down upon, and he tells everybody, or and word gets out that, hey, this guy's in charge here. Other people that are normally looked down upon might migrate to that area as well. So it might be, it's more than likely not that, you know, there were a whole bunch of orcs, and they married a whole bunch of women, or orc women who married a whole bunch of human men, and then they had half all half orc kids, and then those kids have all populated the area. I think it's much more likely that just sort of naturally over time, the demographic shifted. So to your point, are orcs bad? Yes. Orcs, not so great. Half-orcs, eh, they're, they can go either way. They aren't necessarily bad, but people do tend to be wary of them just because of their heritage. And so be, for that exact reason, it can stay as a smaller community because maybe there aren't lots of humans who are willing to move into an area that's populated by half-orcs as the majority you know, like, there might be a lot of people like, oh, no, 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 I can tell that joke, it's cool. I have a half-orc friend, but he wouldn't want to live in a town made up of half-orcs. <laughs> we, we wouldn't want to upset the endemic racism of D&D. Right, exactly. 
Agreed. So half orcs weren't even <laughs> a race until third edition. <laughs> Before then, they were considered less than. Well, dwarves weren't either. It was, was a class. It was a dwarf. Yeah, half orc dwarf. Yeah, but dwarves and elves. <laughs> I mean, that's how awesome dwarves and elves were. They were a whole class. <laughs> right. Classy. Or you could argue that at the time they were one dimensional. They were a class. They weren't a race that could branch out and do other things. Are you saying they didn't have class? <clears throat> no, I'm saying. That's what I heard. <laughs> what is your dwarf? Every dwarf is, has the same accent and does the same things. And so, oh yeah, they're just a class. That's mm-hmm. what they all do. All dwarves are Scottish. No, they're not. They're Spanish. Unless they're Spanish. Reginald. <laughs> <laughs> or pirates. Are. Okay. So that's how you get to that demographic. Uh, other half, things... half Scottish, half Spanish pirates. <laughs> no, they're just they're conquistadors. So you know you would know that uh, it's a half orc area. It is civilized. You know, traders come in and out freely. Like you don't hear anyone saying like, "Oh, I won't take this because I have to go through Iran to do it safely," and I'm not going to do that. So let's see. You know, it's a stop for caravans. You know, it's a stop for ships. You know that there will be a place for you to stay if you choose to stay here. There, you might be able to stock up on some supplies. And I'm running low on jerky. Well, there you go. I don't know. Is there anything else that you would want to know if you know anything about it? Like, do you want to know what the music scene? What's the prevailing fashion? It's exactly like everything three else. Foot, three foot cod pieces. <laughs> <laughs> they just wear their pants backwards. <laughs> oh. Why didn't somebody tell me my ass was so big? <laughs> At least we don't have to unzip our butt to take a leak. <laughs> I missed the bus. Ooh. <laughs> I missed the bus. Ooh. It's something I will never, ever, ever do again. So, so. are we in character now? You know, well, like I mean, you could be asking for this. Yeah, no. Well, we were, we were in character. TJ, before. is this? So you said this is a place I'm familiar with. Uh, is this one of the ones that we spent some time at well, when I was younger, I, or is this like we just kind of passed through mostly? Or do you know maybe where you were doing your trading from? Do you have any ideas about where you would have wanted to have been doing it from? No, I just figured we just kind of went wherever went we thought the deals could be made. So I don't know if this would be. Far enough I away had, from things that we wouldn't have necessarily gone through here a lot or set up shop for a while. or I, I would imagine that... This would be more like a course, just pass through and do some quick trading and resupply and keep going. Or I'm imagining that over the course of your life, your family has basically almost circled the wild twice. So, like, maybe starting down all the way at the southern end and then working your way, like, north and east and then back up around... And then maybe like, so like going counterclockwise and clockwise and then counterclockwise and you were coming back. So, I mean, it takes a long time to go because you look for the smaller settlements where you can and then you stop and do some restocking in the larger areas like this. I guess it's, if I spend enough time here where I would know people or is it more just like a general, I have an idea that other shops here or or an inn or something... I, I will say that you were 10 the last time you stayed here for two or three months. So you might know names, but you might not necessarily recognize anyone because everyone's them. probably grown up a significant amount since then. Okay. You you would probably have an idea of 
like what kind of shops to expect. Although being younger, you were maybe a little bit more interested in like the food of the area. But like because you also played all your like fighting games as a little kid, you also do know something about like oh I know that there's a blacksmith here. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I will. I'll just basically look to Gwen and say I, th- I think we should find a place to rest here for at least a night after our long travel. I think that's a good idea. Get some real food, for maybe for a day. Let's not. Okay. So as you approach the walls where I ping, you see that there are two guards. Both appear to be half orc. Their skin is a mottled brownish color, and uh, they're just. A little bit taller and a little bit wider than humans are. And as you approach with the four of us and our pack horses, they don't make a move to stop you. They actually sort of step to the side and allow you to continue approaching. When you get about 10 feet away, one of them whispers something. You can't make out what is said, but you can definitely hear even if you didn't see him, you heard that something was spoken, and then they both step back in front of you in the road. Hold on, real quick. What are the defenses like? Is there is this, is there a portcullis, or are there big doors or something? Yeah. So Should I, the city want to I, close I, down? I said that there was not a portcullis. They're, they're just large gates. Oh, sorry. I missed that. It's okay. My fault. Are there I mean, visible guards fault, above us? Not like has anybody been walking the wall since since we approached? Yeah, you you maybe saw someone cross from one tower to the other as you've been approaching, but like they didn't pay any particular mind to you. You know, they didn't like stop and stare or even like call down to the people below them. They just kind of walked. Maybe they looked and saw you. Maybe they weren't really expecting any trouble and just kind of walked it because that's what they're supposed to do. As you approach, uh, as I said, they had stepped to let you through, and then about 10 feet away, they sort of step back in front of your way. And, like, they don't, you know, brandish weapons or, like, cross their spears blocking the way. They just kind of stand in the middle of the road. And unless you're going to walk around them or run them over, you do have to stop in front of them. So we kill oh, them. Come to a and stop. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Roll initiative. Uh, what, what time of day is it? We'll say it's about three. Okay. And are they male? I assume, but they are. Okay. I'd like to silently grapple over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll bring my horse to a stop. I assume we're just leading them, but I'll say. Uh, Good afternoon, uh, gentlemen. Uh, may we Hello, pass? Hello, travelers. What is your business? Uh, we are travelers uh, looking for a good meal and uh, perhaps to trade for a passage on a ship. They look you over, and the other one then says, Your horses go on boat, too. I like TJ, do we, really ha- do we really have to live up the stereotype that orcs can't use complete sentences or proper diction? Can't they just say... Why don't they have British accents in this world? Wouldn't that be better? <laughs> because these we are the stupid it. orcs who were asked to just watch the gate. The smart orcs are all inside. <laughs> the 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 one guy was the one who asked about the horses. The other guy was supposed to have was supposed to speak fine. 
I'm just giving them both deep voices. I don't know. Were we actually – maybe we, we probably would have discussed this in our travel. Would we try to find a ship where we could bring the horses? Or I was kind of thinking that maybe we offer the horses in trade. Yeah, that I, I think we could maybe sell the horses to yeah. get passage to – to where we're going. Okay, yeah, I just yeah. want to make sure before I speak for it that, yeah. That's fine with me. Okay. I, I would agree with that. We've, you know what, we haven't named, we, yeah, we haven't named <laughs> them yet, so it's okay. Right. <laughs> we can eat them if needed. It's not like build a pony or anything, so never to be heard from again. So you bringing horses? Uh, no, we were just looking for passage for ourselves. The horses are a part of what we wish to trade. Perhaps you would like a fine new horse. Aerith points to Gwen and says, this is the other thing that we are hoping to trade. <laughs> you sure um, you're not pointing at Boothal? Oh, I guess that would probably be good, too. I mean, sailors. Yeah, sure. The the one who stopped, or who asked you about the horses, then says, go to the flowing horn. They will help you with your horses. Is it an establishment I'm aware of? You know that the flowing horn or the yeah is one of the inns inside the walls. It's not where your family stayed when they passed through, or they probably stayed with their wagons and they thought, but it's not where they ate when they passed through. But you know of it from talking to people. I'll ask him: Is there uh, golden mead still as good as it used to be? My father would go on and on about it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. Uh, we will make our way there presently. They, Do they move they, aside? They, they still haven't moved quite yet. What is everyone's passive perception? Twenty. Your passive is twenty. Oh, because you have that way up high. Yeah. Can we can we use insight? Uh, mine's fourteen. Yeah, you... Mine's fourteen. Okay. What's what's your insight? Twenty one. Okay. Aerith? Passive perception is 15. You you notice that while the, the the one who seems maybe a little bit less on the ball is asking about your horses, the, the one who stepped forward first and asked you what your business is has been eyeing you guys, but most specifically uh, he's been eyeing the um, raven insignias that any of you might be brandishing. Boothels is definitely on the outside. It would be visible to anyone. I don't know if... Uh, uh, Gwen is obviously very new, so he doesn't have one yet. I don't know if Kafan has one somewhere. On well, his, 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 his... I don't... It wouldn't really be an insignia, <laughs> but his whole axe is supposed to be... The head of it is supposed to be raven-head-shaped. Okay. And Aerith... Does Aerith have anything? The way the way I read Invoker is that they don't use they don't use the holy implements. Right. That's why I have a staff. Okay. So obviously I pay homage to the Raven Queen and I work f- within the church, but I don't the longer we do this, the more I realize I'm not terribly beholden to the church. And, I just and that's totally fine. Just do it. So I, no, I, I, they, I, just, I would not have an overt one on the outside of my clothing. Okay, so then, so then, mostly what you're all noticing is that he's paying special attention to Boothal and his medallion. Okay. Okay. As you've been talking about horses and mead with the one, he's been looking. 
And uh, as your conversation sort of winds down, he says to Guthul, do you serve Ra- the Raven Queen? And Guthul looks up and... Uh, if, he, if he hesitates, I'll just say, we all serve the Raven Queen. <laughs> no, yes. no, if he hesitates, you kill him. <laughs> I was, so I was going to say that, you know, although I believe Gwen has taken time to try and bring Withal out of the funk that he's in, he still has been not very much on the ball. So he wouldn't have answered initially, so if you respond with, we all do, he, he, he would nod and then say, very well, you may wish to visit your holy place. It is near the wall once you get inside. Thank you. And then he steps back and motions for his friend to step over as well. And uh, the second guy who's been asking about the horse, you might notice, looks at them a little bit hungrily. <laughs> hmm. But but uh, he does step aside and doesn't cause any trouble. So we walk inside the walls. As you walk in, um, I'll give you a quick overview. So if you if you go up near the water, there's sort of a U-shaped building with a number one on it. And I'm just going to tell you guys stuff that, like, if you asked around, you could hear very quickly. So number one is the local ruler's mansion. All of the number twos are religious buildings. Obviously, as he told you, the Raven Queens is the one that's right up against the wall. If you are interested, I can tell you which the other which other ones there are if you would want to go and visit them. But otherwise, we will uh, deal with them later. So if you then go right of where we are, we just walked in, you see a big red six building. That's the flowing horn in that he directed you to. If you go up a little bit further, there are some blue buildings there by by the road. Those are both stores, eight and nine. If you come back to the right, there's a red L-shaped building with the number five. That is a different inn. That's actually the inn that Gwen's family did eat at when they came. That is the water horse inn. If you keep going over to the right, number four up against the wall is the blacksmiths. Number ten is another uh, store. Seven is the final inn. It is the spiked mace. Three is a series of barrack-type buildings, all situated next to the uh, western gate. There are some piers that lead out into the bay. As you can see, there is a fancy boat at the end of one pier. All of the... The fancy boat's probably too expensive. Let's go find a crappier one. Yeah, but it's also sinking. No, it's just listing. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Listing lazily to the left. It's still good. It's still good. (laughs) It's a little waterlogged. It's still good. It's still good. Skill challenge. Bail it out. (laughs) All of the brown buildings are residential buildings. And those very particularly green areas in the middle are tilled fields um, that are growing crops. And if you ask someone, like, why are you growing crops inside the walls? They'll say, well, if anything happens, you know, we have crops inside, not just out. Did you say what the little green circles are? 
Uh, there's an orchard. Also. Oh, okay. So they, I mean, th- there's a mixture of trees, but there's there's also fruit and nut trees there as well. Are there any other? Sorry, features? I missed what I missed. What two? All the twos are. Are those all temples? Yeah. Yes, they are. Or they're shrines. They're all religious buildings, and the one on the left hand side. The one right next to the wall. The wall. Is, okay. So, what are the other ones? I only ask because it would be relevant to know what other deities are welcome and or have places here in town. Like, if let's just say Orcus had one, I don't know in this world if Orcus is relegated to just cults or if there are places that openly. Uh, allow worship, or if there are places that just say we are completely open to any form of worship that means even satanic evil worship. Where, uh, sorry, that's what I want to know. Yeah, if, nope. Maybe you could tell us what some of the other ones are. There is one for Coralon. That is the one that is actually closest to the Raven Queen. Then there's one near the field, like, left of the number eight shop. And that one is Avandra. The one down by the field is is Cord. And then the one all the way on the northeastern side up by the water is Melora. So to review all good or unaligned gods... Correct. And I would totally know that with religion as a trained skill. Mm-hmm. All of us should know it. All of you should know it because you probably would have asked someone on your way. Have you been quizzing me as we walk? <laughs> no, I meant like once you got into the city and within the walls and if you... What are the Raven Queen's three areas of influence? Huh? Huh? But what's the Raven Queen's middle name? <laughs> Judy. Who's your BFF? (laughs) Shavante. (laughs) And to answer your question, it's winter, death, and fate. (laughs) Did you have to look it up? No. You should have known it, Matt. Uh, It took me a second. I had to think about it. The the adventurers have finally made it to Oran. Will they get onto a boat and have safe passage? Or will they continue on foot? This has been Entry Rising. We are not brought to you by Summer's Eve, but we could be. Eh? Eh? Eh. Yes, thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at LTMGaming. Visit us on the web at LTMGaming.com or email to podcast at LTMGaming. Ooh.